to see you guys and especially the old faces. Uh, we miss you. Pleasure here today. Uh, I think uh, today's passage might be very applicable because we'll be talking about how not to get stuck in our spiritual journey. The title is The Pursuit of Christ. How can we not get stuck in that pursuit? And I Hope and pray that it will be encouraging for us all. Let me read for us uh, the text for today, which is found in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Let me read for us and I'll pray. We're going to the sermon together. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. That is the word of God. Let's pray together before we uh, go into the time of the sermon. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this time. Thank you that uh, we can gather, uh, whether in person or virtually, uh, that the Word of God is still being preached, uh, even through the pandemic, that we can even see each other like this too, as uh, we um, have joy of having Um, the old faces today and uh, get to fellowship with one another uh, in special ways. Uh, Oh Lord, uh, may you use this time to renew our hearts. Uh, May this time not be just another time that we go through um, as a schedule in our week, but uh, may you show uh, more of yourself, perhaps uh, the sides of you that we have never experienced before so that we will know that we have a long and yet glorious way to go. So that we will not be prideful, but we will continue to seek hard after you. So Lord, God, I'm just a jar of clay. I just pray that you would help me to speak your word word clearly um, with, with no distraction, so that Only your word can be heard and absorbed uh, during this time. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have three points as usual for us. Uh, First point, the unfinished pursuit of Christ. Second, the pursuit with no turning back. And third, Christ's pursuit of us. First, The unfinished pursuit of Christ. Verse 12, Paul starts out the passage this way. 
not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. So in the passage that comes right before today's passage, uh, Paul talked about the surpassing worth of knowing Christ over everything else that he used to value over Christ. And because Paul found Christ, Christ to be the best thing in the world, you know, he said in the passage that he wanted to gain Christ, uh, that he wants to be found in him, and that he wants to know him. In other words, Paul is saying there that he wants the full, perfect possession of Christ in his life in the intimate, relational way. And in today's passage, with that background, we see that in the verse that we just read, Paul is making a disclaimer, saying that he has not obtained this perfection yet. And then interestingly, he repeats this disclaimer in the following verse, verse 13. He says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. It's like he's saying, you know, brothers, guys, trust me, I really have not gotten there yet. So it's curious that Paul is repeating this twice, this disclaimer. And the scholars say that the reason why he does that is because there were people in the church at Philippi who were claiming and teaching that they have arrived at the perfection, the spiritual perfection. In fact, we have met these people before. You know, when we studied the book of Philippians last time, we called them uh, Judaizers at the time. Uh, These are the people who taught that one must keep all the biblical and extra-biblical rules, uh, and then uh, they can get approval from God, the works-based spirituality. And apparently, some of them felt that they, they, they succeeded at keeping all those rules, and they perfect. They claim that they are perfect. And to that, to that claim, Paul is saying that they are mistaken. Well, to be sure, you know, when you put your faith in Christ, you are perfect in a sense that you are, you have gained the righteousness of Christ so that you do have the full approval from God right now. That is true. And yet, the full experience of that justification is still yet to come. And only when Jesus comes back and when he raises us from the dead and sin, only then we can be truly perfect. This already but not yet tension is present so that it's wrong to say that we are perfect right now. And I believe Paul is taking the time, I mean, you might be thinking, like, why is such a big deal? I mean, we, I think all know that we're not perfect yet. But I believe Paul is taking the time to correct this wrong thinking because it is spiritually dangerous to think that you've arrived. You know, if you think that you're perfect, subconsciously or overtly, that means that you, know, you have no more place to go, right, in your journey, that you're stuck because You think you're perfect. There's nothing more to gain under heaven. And when you're stuck like that, eventually you will lose interest in God. Why? Because out of your pride, you will think that you figured out God. 
you figured out Christianity. Christianity doesn't have anything new that can offer to me to satisfy my spiritual thirst and hunger. That's the danger. That's why Paul is saying this. You know, when you're a child, uh, you know, when, let's say you're in a car ride to go to an exciting place. I don't know. Uh, Disney World or Mall of America. I don't know. Wherever that might be. And again, just put yourself in your child's shoe. You probably said to your parents in the car ride, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Why do you do that? Because you're excited, right? You're anticipating for all the fun that you're going to have. And, and you ask your parents about, you know, the more information about the, the destination. And you're even more excited. So then, you know, you probably ask your parents, are we there yet? Like every 10 minutes. That's kind of how, they, how it goes. But then, you know, once, you, once you, you've lost that excitement because perhaps you've aged out or you've maybe learned more about the destination and you just don't, are not interested in that place anymore, then what's going to happen is that in the car ride, you'll be bored. You know, it'll be torturous, right? And you might even get out of the car and go somewhere else because you think, you think that you're able to do that. Likewise, when your heart is childlike, there's always more to look forward to towards God. You realize, man, are we there yet? Are we in heaven yet? Even at least, are we at church yet? Or are we at my quiet time yet? Because you humbly acknowledge that you don't know much about God. God is God of the universe. And if you, you've watched uh, the movie Man in Black, first one is a long time ago, maybe, I don't know, half of you are like, what's that movie? But maybe the other half is like, yes, that movie. It's like an iconic movie, I think. Well, in that movie, the first movie ends with the scene where the, the camera is zooming out all the way from Manhattan to you know, the U.S. and the Earth. And it zooms out all the way to um, the, you know, beyond the galaxies. And, and now it imagines that the, our universe is like a marble, like a small rock. And one of the marbles that the aliens, you know, play, play with. And, and now I don't agree with that worldview. Uh, but I think that um, depiction, projection helps us. Just replace the alien and the plain, like, you know, aspect with uh, God who is sovereign. He is beyond our universe. And we are called to know that God. How dare we say that we've figured God out? You see? And in contrast, if you have a dead heart, if you think that, you know, you have got under your control in your Google Doc somewhere, um, then Christianity is not appealing anymore. Slowly, you'll drift away. You'll seek for other things to fill your void. And I, I really thought that this point is an important point for us to pause uh, and, and really meditate. As a church, you know, as, as people who want to know more about God, 
because you know, before the pandemic, you know, we were able to meet physically together and there was accountability where we were before, whether we acknowledge it or not right now, the truth is we had the accountability to be pushed, to be encouraged to you know, stay focused in the word and prayer. And therefore, there was always something to look forward to, right, in our spiritual journey. But then, sadly, all those things, all those means have been taken away because of the pandemic. And, and all of a sudden, you know, that, that motivation is not there anymore. And it's just so hard now to approach God and get to know God on my own. And I think if we're not careful, our heart can be led to believe that what we know and how we feel about God right now is all there is about God. And that can lead us to, again, drift away. So to that, Paul, I believe, is saying, guys, believe me, you are not there yet. God has much more to offer. Don't give up just yet. Keep going. No matter how hard it is, don't give up on God because He has not give up, given up on you yet. Don't do that. So you are not there yet. The pursuit continues. It's the first point. The unfinished person of Christ. Second, the pursuit with no turning back. Verse 12. But I press on to make it my own. So after Paul said the journey is far from over, now he tells us what he does in that journey. And he says he presses on to make it his own. Make it, the, it there's obviously the, the goal of experiencing Christ fully when he comes back. And now I want to um, invite you to focus on those, these two words, press on and make it uh, his own. Uh, in Greek, those two words are a pair, and they often uh, picture something. In the Old Testament, for example, they pictured a scene of a soldier in battle uh, chasing after his enemy and uh, capturing him. So chasing, pursuit, and capture. So you see, Paul is here, by using these words, he's saying that Paul, he is in hot pursuit of Christ in order to capture Christ, to have all of him. So have that imagery in mind. And now in the next few verses, he continues this thought using a similar analogy. Verse 13 and 14, he says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize. So now Paul pictures for us a runner, you know, pressing on, again, chasing after a goal. And for a runner, obviously, the goal is the finish line. Um, so in this word picture that we just looked at, Paul is showing us that he's you know, running hard after that goal of having Christ perfectly. Again, why? Because he learned, he experienced that he's the best in the world. He's tasted it. And now, uh, he shares with us 
how he runs. And I think it would be helpful for us to learn from him because, again, we don't want to get stuck. How do we not get stuck but run well in our journey? And this is his strategy that he gives us. He says, he forgets what lies behind and strains forward to what lies ahead. So again, within the, still within the runner analogy, uh, Paul is basically saying, you know, in order to strain forward, you should forget what's behind. Like when you're running, you cannot keep looking back and even go back, go backwards to uh, where you were. No, you have to keep straining forward and just stretch out as if the finish line is inches away from you. And now, with that analogy, what that means in Christian life, uh, this means to forget your past, right? But we have to ask, what does forgetting our past mean? Does that mean to pretend that it didn't happen? Or does that mean uh, you just convince yourself that it never existed or you just ignore your past? And I think if that's the, the definition of forgetting here, that's dangerous, right? Because, you know, for example, if you sinned and let's say it, it damaged you and it hurt other people, and if you just forget and move on, that's abuse, isn't it? Because you never really made it right. And you're going to keep trolling with your sin over and over and it's going to hurt other people. So this can't be what forgetting means. Rather, in context, what forgetting means is that you do move on, you do not dwell in the past, but you do that by truly repenting and embracing God's grace. 1 John 1, 9, precious verse, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because Jesus died for our sins, and in faith, we're hidden under his righteousness so that we can be completely forgiven of our sins and not get stuck at self-condemnation or blaming others. That's the power of repentance and freedom in Christ. And, and from there, you can even reconcile with those who you hurt or those hurt you. That is what forgetting means here. Can we forget? I recently, I recently met up with uh, someone uh, who sat down with me and who shared with me uh, just really um, intimate things that he uh, shared with me about some serious sins that he committed to the point that obviously he's in deep anguish and shame and guilt and he's now worried about his future too because that sin affects his future plans what do you do do you guys have any guilt and shame that are crippling or maybe just kind of step back and see perhaps because of the pandemic maybe your struggle is not necessarily the the grievous sins necessarily, but that you feel unworthy because you've been far away from God. You haven't been really running hard after God like this 
this passage is calling for. So you, you don't feel like you're worthy to pursue after Christ now. But right there, I just want to remind you with, with Apostle Paul that, again, if you truly repent, there is freedom. God is calling us. He's, not, he's saying, I'm not done with you yet. The, the race is still going on. Don't give up. I want you to embrace my promise of the gospel and embrace the reality that in Christ you are completely forgiven and come my child and keep running. If you believe that, freedom. Scottish pastor Robert Murray McShane said, for every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. Again, he said, for every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. Instead of getting stuck at your sin and your past, we look to Christ and experience complete freedom and able to strain forward, not backwards. And then, I also believe forgetting our past means to forget our accomplishments too, not just the failures. You know, we could often reminisce about, you know, the good, good old days, you know, the spiritual highs in the past. You know, maybe you discipled others, maybe you even led someone to Christ, you served the church as a leader in certain ways, you had blessed times at retreats, you know, prayer meetings, and so on. And these are definitely, you know, good things to remember and thank God for. But if you dwell in that, maybe that's an escape from the present. God promises that there are more, fresher blessings for you if you continue to pursue Christ. He can beat those past blessings and you can forget and move on. So by grace, we are to move forward and seek more of Christ our Lord. And lastly, Christ's pursuit of us. Christ's pursuit of us. Now what is cool about this passage is that even though you know, we've been hearing over and over up, up, up until now, pursue, do this, you know, run. But if you look at the passage carefully, uh, you'll see the, the traces of God's hand all over this passage. So let me show you a couple here. Verse 12, it says, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me my own. Uh, he, Christ Jesus has made me his own. Uh, I want you to remember the word picture, right? The, the soldier chasing and then capturing, right? Paul saying that before he began to chase after and capture Christ, the fact of the matter is that Christ was in hot pursuit of Paul and he captured him. That chronology is important. That happened first. Christ pursued after Paul and he captured him. And, and can we pause and personalize that for ourselves too? Just think about it, guys. Just, just think, God, wow. 
you know, even when I wasn't pursuing after God, I wasn't even thinking about God. I was pursuing after other things. Christ was in hot pursuit of me. He loved me. He had such grace towards me. And he captured me and changed my life around. Pure grace. That is for you and me. And that's why, going back to Paul, he is able to run hard after God. Why? He couldn't get over the fact that Christ loved him that much. He couldn't get over the fact that even when he was a persecutor of the church, Christ pursued after him and he captured him. He seized him. That's what the Greek word means. He seized him and put him on a new course. And then also by grace, Paul got to taste the pleasure of knowing Christ, the surpassing worth of knowing him, so that he has this desire, unsatiable desire to know him more and more. So the out of humble gratitude, he is pursuing after Christ. This all happened because of grace first. And verse 14 Another example, he says, I press on towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Meaning that, you know, Paul running towards the finish line happened because God first called him to the race and the prize. The word call in the letters of Paul is not simply an invitation that people can disregard and, you know, choose not to RSVP. Uh, Rather, the, the word call is always an effectual call to salvation, meaning God calls to destined people to the prize. So again, you know, Paul, his race and his pursuit of Christ happened because God first worked in him. God called him first by grace. And, and please follow with me. Lastly, 15 and 16, it says, Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What what Paul is saying there is super encouraging because he's saying that if the Philippians lack anything in their journey of spiritual maturity, God will reveal and supply whatever they need in their journey. He will fill it up always like a gas station. Um, he will do that so that you know, they can find Christ and enjoy Christ. And verse 16, their job then is just hold on, hold true to whatever they have been given by grace and be faithful. That's their job. To sum up what we just read, Paul is saying that everything is by grace. So we read in Philippians 1.6, he says, And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Even though we think that it's all on us, no. God started it. God will provide what you need in the journey and he will finish it. 
you hold on to that grace. That's your job. Um, there's this person named Charles Simeon. Uh, he's a big name in the, I guess, theological circle. He's a very influential British pastor uh, from the eight, 18th century. Uh, so he's very renowned. You know, like when, when you think of like preaching conferences or ministry, you know, the, the name Charles Simeon Trust. That's an organization that trains pastors for preaching. But I was surprised to find this story about him that showed that the beginning of his Christian journey was not that pretty. The, the story goes, and when he was younger, he visited his mentor, Henry Venn. And after that visit, uh, Venn's daughters commented that uh, the, the Simeon was so harsh and self-absorbed and, you know, just nasty, basically. In response, Van, the mentor, uh, picked out an, an unripe peach from the tree and said, Well, my daughters, my dears, the peach is green now, but we must wait. But a little more sun, a few more showers, the peach will be ripe and sweet. So it is with Mr. Simeon. And surely enough, uh, Charles Simeon did change over the years. Uh, a friend of his, you know, who stayed with him for a few months, remarked that uh, Simeon was a man of great grace. Not harsh. A man of great grace and a man of spiritual strength. And, and that friend noted that the secret that he observed was that Simeon was committed to reading the word and praying every day. What this shows is that when God calls us to run hard after Christ, you know, He's not expecting us to do things beyond our pay grade. He's simply calling us to humbly come before Him, trusting that he has more to offer towards us. The, the journey is not over yet. You humbly come and actively, faithfully receive His grace through the means like the word and prayer. And through that, with your heart overflown with grace, again, you forget the past. You move on. And you gain more grace, especially in times of suffering. You get to experience more of Christ even through, the, through those times. And you grow, grow, grow. And He finishes the journey for us. He provides a little more sun, a few more showers. And we become the ripe peach in His eyes. And that's encouraging. We are to trust Him and press on and run. And may that, be our, may that be our journey, especially during this time of pandemic, isolation, and not give up. Let's pray together. Before we finish and respond to the word with the song, um, 
just want to invite you to uh, search our hearts Because Christ has been searching, He's in hot pursuit of our hearts. And may we respond to that. He's not done with me yet. He's not done with you yet. Recently, that's really quick, I just personally, I was surprised to find that, um, that I was surprised to say, my God. Uh, what do I mean? When I was praying, I was just saying, oh my God. Like, wow, I haven't used that word in a while. <laughs> and I felt discouraged. I was like, man, uh, what is this? Wow. I used to say, you know, Abba Allah to God. Um, just saying a lot of intimate words to God. And my God was, was my vocabulary. But then it became a very strange word to me. And I saw that I need God's grace. What is it for you? What has been keeping you from running? In what areas do you need God's grace? In what areas is there resistance? So let's pray together. Just again, let God heal our hearts, restore our hearts, and then come back to Him and pursue hard after Him. Let's pray together. Okay, we'll close our time as we pray together. Um, as I was listening to the sermon today, I just kind of reminded and I was thinking of something that actually Pastor Aiden said at some point in recent weeks I forgot exactly where I heard it maybe at a prayer meeting or something but he was talking about how like we should pray that we want to be a church we should be a church where it's just people are really gracious to each other um, like you might know uh, bad traits about one another and things like that but we're forgiving and accepting and just really gracious to one another. Um, and that just kind of came to my mind because, you know, we live in a culture where it's so not like that, right? Like these days, like comedians or politicians or sports figures, uh, people find something that they posted or tweeted like 10 years ago or something and or said, a decade ago and then like people bring it up and then like they're crucified for it and they have to explain themselves and um they have to do a lot of like pr maneuvering and um some people get fired because of things like that and it's just such an anti-gospel kind of culture and atmosphere you know um and that's the time that we live in and uh um this passage goes against that Right, like when Paul's talking about forgetting what is behind, like he's he's probably thinking about how he used to kill Christians and how 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 terrible that was. But even something like that, he talks about how he can forget that because the call of God by His grace has forgiven of that. Right? Duh. 
So I think that really applies to us. I think it's so true what Pastor Eden was saying. Like some of us probably are hindered in our pursuit of God right now because of how I've been living my life in recent weeks or recent months or perhaps even this past year. Um, and pursuing Christ from this point on seems like the furthest thing from our minds because now I have to reconcile how I've been living my life. But even that, I think God covers with His grace, forgetting what is behind because He's calling us to Himself. It's uh, purely by His grace. And so let's, let's pray for that, that we'd be free to pursue after Christ, forgetting what is behind. And, and then uh, one other thing, you know, when He talks about the unfinished pursuit of Christ, I think some of, some of us instinctively hear that and then we think the charge and the call is to now pursue Christ. The pursuit of Christ is unfinished, so pursue Christ. I think for some of us, it's not so much we have to pursue Christ, but we have to accept the fact that it's an unfinished pursuit of Christ. Because every day we're like striving and striving and striving. Um, and we feel like the pursuit of Christ can be accomplished in one day. Um, I think for some of us, the call is to accept that the pursuit of Christ is unfinished so that it becomes Christ's work in me. So that it's more about trusting rather than striving. In whatever ways God spoke to us, let's just pray and ask that God would help us to rely on His grace and to trust in Him. Just take a very brief moment and respond to His word. And I'll close us in prayer and benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ. We're amazed that um, uh, a persecutor of the church, um, a murderer, can stand before God, uh, forgiven, uh, cleansed, and say, I strive after Christ because... He took hold of me. He took a hold of me. I just thank you for that amazing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that no matter where we have been, what we have done, what our past may be like, we thank you that we can come and trust in the righteousness that is in Jesus Christ provided by your grace for us. Lord, help us to trust in that. Even today, as we commit ourselves to be in your word and to seek after you and and be in prayer. Pray that our hope would ultimately and fully be in the grace that is given to us in Jesus Christ. And help us to know that that is a personal grace that you are with us, speaking to us, near us, calling us. That you know us by name and you're calling us to yourself. That we might be closer to you today than we were yesterday. Tomorrow more than today. This un finished pursuit of Christ. Help us to get a step closer to you by the grace that you provide and the strength that you give us. And as we become more and more like Christ, Lord, use us in this world that is so anti-gospel to show this world who Jesus is, what God is like through a, um, a different um, culture-changing by being a different culture-changing person. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
strengthen your people through your word. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, this incredible unchanging covenant love of the Father God, and the fellowship, and the strength, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you, both now and forever. Amen. <laughs>